Good afternoon and welcome to NUFC Matters. It's the World Wide Show today. Uh, we haven't had one for a few weeks because uh, I'm, I'm tiring the lads out doing all these match day lives. But um, we had a chat last night. Uh, we all felt it would be good to get back together and just talk football, which, of course, we haven't had much of a chance to do. Um, great to see you all, lads. Daz, I'm going to come to you first. And uh, the first topic I really want to talk about is this bizarre situation um, that's developed today, which has seen Norwich City... Uh, allow fans into the ground, but only in the executive box area to sit and watch the match, which is at home on a television screen. Um, and the, the, the actual pitch um, is covered by, you know, basically a barrier. They can't see onto the pitch. They can only watch the game on TV. Um, in London, we've got West Ham fans who are gathering in their hundreds uh, at a local cinema to watch a beanbag of of today's game when they played Man City earlier today, um, it's it's sent the managers into a little bit of a into a little bit of a spiral of anger and frustration because if people are allowed to gather at the ground but not watch the game, what's the point? And if people are allowed to go to the cinema and and sit, you know, next to somebody, isn't isn't it worse to be sitting indoors watching football than it is at the match? What 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 is the idea behind this? Yes, Steve, I, I can't understand it at all, to tell you the truth. Um, I, I, I flicked over it in, in Twitter. I didn't hear an awful lot about it, but uh, it makes no sense, really, um, going to the ground and not actually watching it. Watching, uh, you have to watch a screen to watch it, not actually watching it taking place in front of you. That's ridiculous. And also going, going to a cinema to watch it. What, like it's just it's just going to spread the spread the disease further. Like uh, uh, as Martin will tell you as well, we're we're entered a six week lockdown in Ireland, and uh, you can't even go five kilometers from from your house. You know the, the rules are very strict. So so hearing stuff like that makes no sense whatsoever. Um, just sit at home and watch it in the comfort of your own home. Uh, I don't I, I can't understand the, the logic. No, me neither. Spenny, um, you're, you've actually come on today, but you're, you're going through a, a bit of a nightmare yourself with COVID. Yeah, I know exactly what it's like. It's so painful. I can't understand why people are still doing this. It's unbelievable. Cinema, going to the cinema, watch a, like, a game. Why can't you just go home and start, sit and watch it in your home? It's just going to spread the stuff and going to kill people. I wish people would just listen. You know what I mean? And go up to an executive box. There's something there. It's a waste of time because you can't see the lads on the pitch anyway. They're watching it on the telly. So they're doing the same as what they're going to be doing at home anyway, aren't they? Yeah. Absolutely oh, yeah. bizarre. How are you doing, Spenny, by the way? I'm all right. It's just a bit pain in my abdominal and, and I'm getting chest pains a bit. And it's just like someone sitting on your chest all the time. I'm not, I'm not coughing. My wife's about four days ahead of me. She's copping it all up now, so she's getting rid of it awfully. It's just the I walk to the toilet and I'm knackered. It just ties you out everything. It's just a queer one, but I've, I'm yeah. pleased I've only got the mild one compared to other people I've getting because I've been being been frightened about that. But I'll I'll give them through it. Good stuff, mate. Well, you stay safe and thanks for joining us this afternoon, mate. Martin, uh, good afternoon. Uh, good to have you on the show, mate. You're um, you're in the middle of a, a big lockdown over an island, the same as Daz, um, where we just 
I know this isn't a political show, but we just seem to be a complete odds. We're, we're the British Isles, but we're, we're all over the shop. We've got Ireland, uh, you know, Southern and Northern going into severe lockdowns and, you know, whatever it's called, you know, this serious lockdown that they're giving it more different names every week. We've got Scotland going in not tier one, two, three, but tiers four and five. And then we've got Boris got us in tier three. It's, uh, it's a bit of a nightmare, but the football side of things, can you understand? Why why people are going at the cinema or why they're allowed to go at the game for, for all of this? I mean, you know, that does made a fair point. Like, it's kind of crazy over here. I mean, even more so, you know, like the UK, I suppose, you know, two two different islands and we've got two different, three different sets of rulings. Um, I mean, for me, the football thing, I've seen a clip of it on uh, on Twitter. I've seen a picture somebody had posted um, of the director's box and literally just a a huge big tarp thrown down in front of the uh, of the director box windows so for me you know it makes no odds it's not it's not the way i'd want to ma- want to match you know I'd, I'd probably much prefer just to put us fellas on and listen to the rants and the rambles than go and sit trying to peer under a tarp um but i think for me that the cinema thing is is perplexing i seen a clip there of i think it was two and a half thousand people went to a, a talk in in a show in london with arsene wenger and yet you can't have a play or the media or the arts on, which is, you know, as part of the COVID, the pandemic is is fallen by the wayside. So to me, it doesn't, you know, how can you have a talking with a with a, an ex-football manager, but you can't have a Broadway play? You know, it just, it's, it's, it's farcical, to be honest with you. It just makes no makes no sense at all, really, um, for me. And you're better off waiting until, you know, essentially we we can go back to the game in in, in some respect. Yeah, well, I, th- I think the other thing for me is the rules are so crazy about what you can and can't do. So I mean, I'll, I'll give you a good example. Like I popped out this morning to to a shop that that is open, um, and they had the whole clothing area cordoned off under the Irish piece of lockdown non it's classified as non-essential so I, I can't go into the shop and buy myself a new pair of undercrackers but i can buy a halloween mask and a shitload of gin and i'm good to go so to me it's just you know surely there's a point where a pair of undercrackers becomes essential in six weeks i would have thought but it just it's it's just madness some of the stuff that's going on so you know Making people go into a, into a box and a top down. I mean, oh, Jesus, lads, look, we may as well just knock it on the head now. You know, it's crazy. It's crazy. So if you want to, so if you want to see Martin live um, wearing his witch's hat, elaborated on gin, then tune in to Match Day Live tomorrow. I'm sure he'll have his There's witch's a hat. <laughs> Uh, Martin, I wanted I want to give you the opportunity today as well to uh, talk about um, you know you, you've had a rough week, shall we say? And I I just want you to explain what you know what, what you wanted to talk about, man. Yeah, bit of bit of a rough week, and and look, I think the whole COVID situation, and you know, Spenny made a good point on the group chat there the other week. Um, you know, I've, I've had somebody unfortunately very close to me um, attempt to take in their own life, and. You know, without getting into to, to gory details and, and and everything else, your know, mental health is a huge problem at the moment across the world, um, and you know you, you don't really necessarily take take a, a, a you know notice of it until it's until it's kind of at your door. And I just wanted to to have the opportunity, um, which in fairness, Steve, myself, and you spoke about myself and yourself spoke about yesterday, just to say you know we're blessed that. You know, I'm I'm blessed from a few fronts. One, you know, things have worked out. 
Secondly, you know, I've been able to have this community that, that you know, the, the overwhelming support the last few days has been unbelievable. But I just wanted to take the opportunity to say to people that might be tuning in, that might listen to us, that mental health is a serious problem and that what you see on the outside is not what's necessarily going on on the inside. And I want people to know from my perspective and, and, I, and I think the rest of the panel and everybody else that, that interacts with us, we're available to talk to, you know, reach out, send us a DM, you know, send us a tweet, send us whatever you need to, but we're here. Don't ever be afraid. And I think especially, you know, there's, there's eight or nine of us on here today. I think for men, it's even harder to talk about mental health and it shouldn't be. It's not embarrassing. It's a true thing. And I think we just need to be more open, more understanding. But I'm, I'm there to be reached out to, guys. I'm there to talk. I'm there to listen. So um, don't, don't ever be afraid. And, you know, th this is a horrible pandemic and there's lots going on. And it's affecting hundreds and thousands of people. And it, it's, it's a real subject. So I just wanted to raise that and say anybody that's struggling with that or is struggling with their mental health, you're not alone. So... Thanks great stuff, much. great stuff, Martin, and uh, thanks for sharing that with us. Chris Hall, good afternoon, mate. Um, just want to get back to the, the football side of things and, and talk about fans getting into the grounds. What's your take on that bizarre situation that we're seeing today? It's ridiculous, isn't it? There's too, there's too many grey areas, and I think from day one, you know, the way the government have handled it, like you say, I don't want to get into politics specifically, but the way the government have handled it, it's just not, it's not working, is it? And I think there's, I think there's better ways of doing it. And, you know, you either go the match or you don't. I mean, what Norwich are doing today, fair play to people and people that, you know, can do whatever they choose to, as long as it's within regulations. But I just don't see the benefit of going to the stadium, sitting behind, a, you know, a barrier or a, a, a tarp or, or whatever you, you were referring to, Steve, and just say, you know, watching it on a screen. I just don't see the point. And why put yourself and others at risk um, for the sake of watching it in a, in, a, in a different room? I just I just don't get it. But similarly, um, again, going back to what the, you know you were saying about the government and the mix, mixed messages and grey areas, it's being able to go and watch a, a show, you know, with, with Arsene Wenger, two and a half thousand people, and yet you can't socially distance in an open-air stadium. It's just ridiculous, isn't it? It really, really baffles me and I'm sure many others as well. Yeah, no, it is It, it is very strange to, to see that today, I must admit. And it hasn't gone down well with managers, Pete. Uh, David Moyes coming out today and speaking very strongly against, uh, against it and not understanding why fans in that case can't go into the ground to watch the match. To be fair, it's, it's been all over the place for months now. Um, Chopping, changing decisions uh, through the government, and and what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. Um, the, as as Chris has just said, the, the, there's far too many grey areas now, um, and, and this is where, as, as individuals in the country, we everyone gets confused. So everyone, sorry, so everyone thinks that it's okay to to go to a you know, a cinema and sit in the cinema. How is that more? Uh, you know, less risk-taking than actually being in a stadium, as you said, Steve, uh, at the beginning. It, it absolutely baffles me that, that they, they think this is okay. And to sit in the executive box, but can't actually see into the stadium. And if you've been to Norwich, and I've, I've been to Norwich, and they've got a lot of openings where you can actually see into the ground. And um, to, to be in that position and not be in the stadium, for me, one, what point in the going? 
you, you go to the stadium to actually watch a game and watch it live. So why sit in an executive, executive box and watch it off the TV? Uh, and two, you know, you're putting yourself in if you're going into, into a cinema, into a closed area, an enclosed area, in and around lots and lots of people. It's just, it's, it's just not, it's not okay. But then the points that Martin has made about Arsene Wenger in, in, uh, in the event that he had, you know, if, if that's okay, why is why why do the things not okay? It's just all over the place. Okay, Alba Leeds. Um, good afternoon, uh, good evening to you. I think, uh, but it's um, from our perspective, uh, a strange time in England. Uh, what's it like for you? Have you had people, you know, going to sporting events in in your country? I mean, it's different. It's different to us. Um, yeah, actually, uh, regarding sport, uh, we just started. Uh, finish our uh, last season games. They make it short. Uh, I'm talking about basketball uh, wheelchair. They started uh, uh, gradually regarding the football. They didn't allow uh, uh, audience, of course, fans not allowed to go to the stadium. And uh, as you said, uh, maybe the governments care about the, the huge number. Maybe any in cinema, it will not, yani, it will not exceed more than maybe 100 person. Like, but it's different for uh, for a stadium, uh, more than 20,000 person. And I think it's it's related to the number of beds uh, on the hospital. This numbers, it's make if if there is too much patient with COVID in hospital, the government is starting to become more more strict uh, regarding places, uh, no matter what is it. Uh, I think people start to become very bored, get bored from the situation. Uh, some people I see, I can see people around me. Some people are very, very careful. Uh, for example, I have my father, he have issue with uh, Corona. He didn't lift uh, the place since seven months. Since it started, he's still in the home. Uh, he afraid for him. And there is other people who doesn't care, who got COVID, and uh, just uh, he he deal with it as uh, it's different, different. Uh, it's a different situation, complicated. But uh, the main thing, uh, I work in a hospital for like twelve hours a day. Of course, you all know it's just care about uh, the hand hygiene and wear a mask. Uh, just to try to uh, hygiene yourself, your hands every time you touch something uh, outside of your place. It's uh, it's uh, if it's become a habit, you can protect yourself, no matter or either, no matter where you are going, as long as you're following these instructions. Okay, thanks for that, Al-Walid. Uh, Chris, um, it's a bizarre situation to find ourselves in with COVID. Um, it's ongoing. It's not going anywhere at the moment. But it's frustrating to see football support has been allowed into grounds. But then, you know, this situation where you're going into an executive box and, and not actually being able to watch the game, it, it just doesn't make sense. It's almost as if they're, you know, they're playing with fans 
playing with fans' lives, really, in, in, in a lot of ways, because those people going into an executive box, anyone who's ever been in one, whether on a ground tour or going to watch a game, it's 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 a small space, isn't it? So, you know, whether you're masked up or not, I mean, there's contamination from touching doors or whatever. I'm, you know, it, I, I'm the beggar's belief for me, really, this. Yeah, you know, I've got one, uh, one eye on the football here, and then I've got one eye um, on the... Uh, American college football back in the U.S. and the way that they each different conferences has a different policy and you know some of them playing games for a month. Uh, the university where where I uh, went to school, Northwestern, uh, and the rest of the Big Ten conference, they're 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 all starting their games today with no fans. Um, but it's just crazy to see fans in the stands uh, and in you know packed socially distanced uh, in one area of the country and then like the, you know, other areas of the country, no fans uh, and no football. Um, so comparing that to the UK where the UK is trying to do a, you know, island wide policy, but then of course you've got places like Liverpool, which go into like a trying to, or Manchester, sorry, or Liverpool, trying to force them into like a stage three lockdown and the mayor of Manchester is re resisting. It's just a mess. And um, I, I think it's it just, you know, not to be political, but it's poor leadership all, all around from the top and from the, from the bottom. And, uh, you know, this, this is why we put people in positions um, of, of, of leadership to, you know, in crisis to, demonstrate the way and to make a practical plan and to have, you know, everyone just kind of haphazard, not really uh, following any kind of coherent, cohesive plan. And then, uh, you know, giving people false hope or, um, uh, you know, it's just frustrating all around. And uh, I mean, now we're now we're getting into regular flu season and so it's like how does that impact the covid season and so i i don't see it getting any better um so i'm sort of uh my personally i've been in the same mode since march and haven't haven't really um uh done done anything uh you know opening up um so i'm just sort of dreading how people will respond when the flu season comes on top of the COVID season. Yep. I, I'm usually an optimistic person, but this, this whole situation has really tempered my realism towards pessimism almost, because I just don't have any confidence in, in the leadership of both the UK and the US to do the right thing, you know, give people good information, um, and then, you know, get people all on the same page. Because it's it's not good when everyone is making a politics of of uh, of a pandemic. Okay, thanks, Chris. Adam, uh, good to have you on, mate. Um, what's your take on this? Yeah, thanks for having me on, Steve. Good to see everybody again. Um, I mean, I, I would echo points points already being made. Um, you know, first and foremost, you know. <laughs> testing times create leaders and whether you're in the uk or whether you're in the us or probably a lot of other places around the world there has been no leadership from the top as as soon as as, as the global pandemic came across uh, across the globe so 
you know, obviously in the UK, we have a, a special type of leader over here and, and uh, in the, in, in the, um, in the UK, you guys do too. So I think that, you know, more than anything, this pandemic has shown if, if anyone doubted that different sets of people get to live by different sets of rules, uh, this global pandemic has probably really emphasized that. I mean, going back to the point of, you know, people being allowed in to listen to Arsene Wenger speak, people um, being allowed to do certain activities that only certain types of people do. You know, there's there's so many terrible examples of that, whether you're talking about the US um, or the UK. But, you know, the, the examples today are just really weird to me. Um, you know, I, I do support the sort of let people back in campaigns that most clubs are running with, because I think it is important, not just for football clubs, but to Martin's point, to a lot of people's mental health, um, that they get back to things that they did as a routine in their life. And, and football fandom is something that I think we could do to a certain extent um, while trying to be as safe as possible. So, you know, going to Carrow Road to sit in an executive box to watch a game on TV, um, just so you can say you were going to a game, or I'm not even sure why you would want to do that, what, what it would give you the ability to do that would be any better than sitting at home and watching the game. So that one makes no sense. And then obviously going into a cinema, um, whether it was 200 or 2,000 people, is just not as safe as going to a football stadium. Um, so that one just makes absolutely no sense to me. Um, if you're going to put people in an enclosed area to watch a game in a cinema, again, even if there were three seats between you, um, it doesn't make any sense versus being in an outside stadium where you could have, you know, five seats around you probably. So, yeah, the, the, the system that's out there right now isn't fair. Um, the rules keep changing and there's no leadership on this. And I actually love talking about politics. You could do a whole show about politics, Steve, and I'd love to come on with you because I don't think this stuff gets talked about enough because we've been desensitized to it, right? We've been, as a culture... Uh, we've sort of been taught to say, I don't like talking about politics, whereas in reality, it's not talking enough about politics that's put these types of leaders in place. Um, so maybe we need to change that. Yeah, it affects us all politics. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things which, you know, they often say don't talk about politics and religion uh, when you're at a party uh, or you've had a drink. It's, it's probably the best time to do it. But, uh, yeah, hey, always up for, up for new suggestions. I'm sure Ian Mearns would like to chew the fat. So uh, we never know. Um, that could be something we could look at. Um, let's start looking at, uh, at football, though, Newcastle United and... Um, just updating the uh, Premier League scores. I know the guys in the chat are, are watching the game anyway, but uh, Crystal Palace are 2-0 up against uh, Fulham away. So Fulham still uh, still struggling to find their feet in the Premier League. The earlier scoreline today, of course, was West Ham 1, Manchester City 1. Uh, Pep Guardiola still seems to be struggling to find uh, find the magic that he uh, that he supposedly has in those hands of his, and um, it's struggling struggling a little bit. Uh, Sunderland losing at the minute at home to Portsmouth, and uh, Middlesbrough winning at Cardiff. So uh, Middlesbrough's uh, uh, good form continues. But uh, looking at Newcastle. Uh, Wolves tomorrow. It's a tough game, does, and we're coming off the back of a, a, a you know. A, a collapse, I will say, um, against Manchester United. It was uh, a game which we obviously covered live in in in, in a sort of way, but it was um, for, for our you know for our um, you know fan base. It, it's very much out of the frying pan and into the fire tomorrow. That's definitely true, Steve. Um, and I guess it goes back to what is the plan, Mister Bruce, uh, the the man behind me there. What is his plan? 
and he keeps referring to it being a a work in progress. But uh, wh what's happening? Uh, is he relying on on ASM and that individual bit of brilliance to to win us something? Is he? I'm just looking at my notes because I I made some notes uh, after that match. Um, what was he doing playing Joe Linton on on the right wing? Um, like. We're, we're bad with the ball. Well, sorry, we were bad without the ball. We're, we're, we're bad with the ball as well. Um, and t tomorrow, I, I think he needs to needs needs a, a new game plan here. Um, and, and for me, um, going into Wolves and, and going into Everton the next game and after the Southampton game, we played Chelsea, I, I'd, I'd look to, some, to go something more defensive. I know people won't like to hear that, but I, I was just trying to put up my own squad for, for what I go for uh, tomorrow. And I'd, I'd go five at the back. I'd go. Uh, I'd uh, bring in, bring back Clark. You use your wing backs, uh, and even just kind of cut out the middle of the park if possible, because I think Wolves will, will dominate there. And I'd put two two kind of holding players there in, in Hayden and Henrik, and then I'd, I'd play two the wingers with with uh, Saint Max and Fraser with Wilson up top on his own. That's the way I play it. Um, it it's. It's. I, I think we're going to have to be more defensive, and if we go hell for leather, like like we like we, we like he could go for. I think we will get walloped by by Wolves and Everton and Chelsea. So I, I'd like him to, to to try and go a bit more defensive for these games, try and get us some points, and uh, then if 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 it goes against us, if if we can see the early goals or something, then, then switch it into a four three three or something like that. That we what I do tomorrow. Lots of people talking about uh, ASM, Miggy, Fraser, and Wilson all starting tomorrow. Daz, is is that something that you would you would go for? You know, it, it, you know, not necessarily uh, tomorrow, but moving forward, because you know, if we start putting teams on the back foot and making them think, then you know, it, it, it's it's surely going to give us more of a chance of getting more points than than we, you know we have been over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I'd like to see that against lesser opposition, uh, and and go go at the all attack and then. Uh, but I think against Wolves, uh, they'll they'll annihilate us, to tell you the truth. Um, so it mightn't be the game to do that. That that's the way, the way I'd look at it. Okay, thanks, Daz. John Justice Allen says, can I just thank everyone who has bid on the T-shirt for the food bank? The current bid is £60 and ask anyone who is on Twitter to like and retweet to help raise as much as possible. That's great, uh, a great start. And um, big thanks to, to qtechshop.co.uk, uh, who most of you will know by now, who uh, follow the show, are one of our sponsors. They basically donated uh, some fantastic T-shirts um, and what we're doing is we're donating all proceeds from the online auctions for these one-offs uh, to the food bank. And there's also a ticket for the Christmas party attached, which is now sold out. So thank everybody for uh, for uh, joining in uh, that as well. But yeah, if you go onto my Twitter, um, you can place a bid and hopefully uh, you will get one of those T-shirts, which even I don't have. Uh, but big thank you to qtechshop.co.uk and, of course, to Darren Baldwin Funerals, who uh, also sponsor the StreamYard app, a local independent family business, 24-hour service. Big shout out to them guys. So, Spenny, what do you want to see tomorrow against Wolves? I want to see a goal. What's that? I'm a shot on goal. We need to have shots on goal. Goal score. It goes win games. Simple as that. You'd be relying on too much on Max, as usual, get Fraser on the pitch. I think the best thing about Bruce is the betting. You, you can't work out what 
this is going to do. So you'd be better, bigger odds for him picking the right team than getting the result we need. The way he's going on, it's a joke. Yeah, we've got a good record against Wolves, though, haven't we? Usually draws and one nils or something like that. But Wolves should be. Yeah. Wolves was aware where he should be as a club. And Tony didn't say really. Yeah, I was talking about that last night on uh, on the Three Amigos, uh, Spenny, about um, you know how Wolves have essentially leapfrogged Newcastle. Um, you know, you go back to the days of Keegan and then Sir Bobby, and you know, you look at the money Newcastle was spending. Wolves were, you know, you know, la- languishing in the, you know, in the Championship and and lower. And and from our perspective, we were, you know, flying high and going on trips to Europe. And Wolves have just, you know, they, yeah. they've replaced Newcastle at that at that level, haven't they? Yeah, and that's the Bullets doing the same now, aren't they? What the Wolves did last season, that took over yeah. them, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a strange situation, and um, you know, well, one that we hope about two pro teams have gone up, haven't they, Steve? West yeah. Brom and Wolves yeah. and Fulham have gone up. Leeds look like another one. Yeah, no, no, you're right, mate. You're right. Uh, Katie, amongst others, is asking about um, players and, and you know, squads uh, availability for tomorrow. Steve Bruce did have his press conference yesterday um, and he confirmed that there would be late decisions made over the participation of both Carl Darlow and Isaac Hayden on Sunday. If Darlow doesn't make it, then there will be a Premier League debut for local lad Mark Gillespie and Dan Langley will be on standby on the bench and Martin Dubravka, of course, Dwight Gale and Matt Ritchie all remain out. Katie was asking about Kieran Clark. Uh, well, Kieran Clark, Paul Dummett and Matty Longstaff all featured for the under 23s on Monday. So they return from their injuries, um, which have sidelined them so far this season. So it'll be up to Steve Bruce, whether he puts them in the squad or whether one of them makes a, su- a surprise return to uh, the first 11. We'll watch uh, that with interest. Middlesbrough. Well, Jim, uh, that much, uh, the only 20 flavour once, I was impressed by that Peruvian mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of people were, yeah. And I'm hoping to get Nobby Solano on the show this week to discuss, uh, to discuss the young Peruvian and have a chat with him about him and tell us what we can expect from him moving forward. Um, Martin, um, what are you looking for tomorrow? Newcastle United's trip to Wolves. Um, I think quite simply, he's got Bruce has to change it. Um, the 4 1 4 1 that we played against Manchester United, um, took a little bit of time myself yesterday. I went out for a for a I, I did a Steve Wraith, I went for a fairly <laughs> long, long walk, and um, I just um, I, I, I threw on um, I threw on George Culkin's last um podcast and he made some very good points. The, the, the positional play we played didn't work. Um, you could look at it and say, was the Man United game a one-off? For 85 minutes, we held ourselves at 1-1. But the capitulation that followed, you know, was there to be seen. We'd been talking about it for weeks. It was just a matter of time when it came. So, you know, we got that last week. So that that formation, we know, doesn't work. And I take Daz's point about going more defensive. But the stats that we know is we've conceded 86 shots, of which Darlow saved 28 and 14 the other night. So we concede shots. And the thing for me is then that they've not been great shots. Like they're not worldies. They're not world beaters from 50 yards. They're, they're five yard, 10 yards. We're given, given space, conceding, conceding the ball very, very easily. So for me, 
I'd be putting Fraser on, I'd have Miggy on, and I'd if we're going to concede shots of goal, at least put some attacking options on that give them something to think about. We might get beat, but at least go for it. You know, going defensively doesn't suit us. You know, um, so I think I think certainly I would have Fraser there. The other change, if for me, if Clark is fit, is I would replace Lascelles. I don't think Lascelles is up for it. I think his comments during the week were stupid. Um, I don't think he's been captain all season. Um, he's definitely regressed, and whether that's down to Bruce or him as an individual, um, you know, I just don't think he's the leader there. There was no communication against Man United. So if I if I could, I would bring Clark back um, and and have that back line there. But we have to attack. I think it's the only way to move it. But I, again, you know, I don't believe Bruce has that plan. You know, I, I, I kind of spent a little bit of time again yesterday going back over some old tweets, and I found some tweets from Villa fans. Same thing a few seasons back, you know, playing Grealish in the wrong place. Wingers on their bench while he was playing defenders as wingers. So it's the same routine. And then, you know, Sam tweeted yesterday Bruce's um, Bruce's uh, press conference. And the first line he says is, we'll go to Wolves and hopefully we can do something. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus Christ, man. Give me a break. So I, I get Daz's point, but for me, go all out attack. If we're going to concede and give ball away... We need to give other teams something to think about because we cannot defend. Simple. Yeah, good yeah, stuff. Good. Adam, I'm going to come to you next because I know you've got to get away. Uh, I know you want to give a, a little bit of an update from the uh, Newcastle supporters trust, which, of course, you were uh, duly uh, elected onto the committee. So well done for that again. But, uh, yeah, give us an update, please, mate. Yeah, and first and foremost, just just on Wolves, uh, just for 30 seconds, um, I completely agree with what the lads have just said. I mean, the, the, the big question for Bruce is, can he play Frazier, Almiron and Alan St. Maximum and still be solid enough at the back to get anything from this game? So I don't know whether he can get all three of those players on the, on the pitch at the same time without being super attacking. So my guess is at least one of those three won't start tomorrow and it'll probably be Almiron would be my guess. But I will tell you something, if Joe Linton is in the starting 11, I'm not watching the game. I have no interest. I know you wanted to give Two him left. 10 games, Steve. I don't know if we're at 10 yet, but it, it seems like a lifetime for me. So uh, I'm, I'm all done. I'm all done on Joe Linton after last week. He was truly horrendous. Um, but yeah, on, on the trust, um, I just want to say a couple of real quick things. First of all, um, it's been a really great experience so far. A lot of collaboration, a lot of open feedback was given um, in our first board meeting, which was last Sunday night. Um, for you guys, I think that was that went sort of out online. Some of the feedback from that was great. I had a separate meeting this week about the councils, so there'll be some real movement on that soon, which I'm really excited about because, again, the participation of our members is the most important thing with the trust. So I'm really excited about the councils. We have a second board meeting actually tomorrow, um, and that agenda already has about 10 items on it. So again, we're lots of proactive conversations are being are being had about how we can improve fan engagement with the trust, but also obviously fan engagement with the club. So more on that soon. I'm, I'm just wanted to say I'm, I'm sort of really excited and thankful to have been part of it so far. And I think in the next three, four weeks, we're going to have some big stuff that the, that the fans will be interested in. So that's all I wanted to say about that. Thanks. Good stuff, Adam. And where can people contact you if they, they want some uh, advice or want to put a, a question to the trust? Yeah, great point, Steve. So my Twitter handle is just at AdamBeckett09. Um, but my trust email is up now, so you can reach out to me via um, email as well. It's in my um, Twitter 
profile, but it's just Adam uh, Adam at nufctrust.co.uk. So yeah, please do please do reach out, and not just to me, but to any of the board members. Um, we you know obviously we're we're more than willing and, and and hoping to get more fan participation and engagement. So whether it's a just a simple thing that comes to your head that you want to let me know about to bring up at a board meeting, or if it's a much more big you know big structural issue that you'd like to get involved in. Um, you know, we're obviously open to that as well. So, yeah, absolutely reach out and let me know what you think. Great stuff, Adam. Thanks for your update. I know you've got to go, mate. Hopefully we'll yeah. see you tomorrow at some point for Match Day Live. Yeah. Uh, have a good day, mate. Thanks right. for joining Cheers, us. Cheers, lads. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Cheers, mate. Chris Hall, uh, a lot of people okay. talking about the uh, a lot of people talking about the midfield. Um, and, of course, Mike Stewart makes the point here uh, that the biggest weakness is the Shelby and Hayden in the centre midfield. doesn't matter how well the rest of the team plays. That's the fulcrum of the team, and it doesn't work. Do you agree? Yeah, completely agree. I think, um, you know, sorry to use, sorry to bring it up, but, you know, if, if this takeover was to materialise, that would be, the, that would be the, the position that would need strengthening immediately, in my opinion. I think I, I don't think Hendrick should play tomorrow. If he does play, I hope it's in the centre, and I would I would be replacing Shelby for Hendrick. To be honest, uh, I I hope Hayden plays. I'm not Hayden's biggest fan, but I I do think we are a lot more solid with him in the team. So I hope I hope that Hayden is playing tomorrow. But I wouldn't partner him with Shelby. I I've, I've kind of uh, I've had it up to here with Shelby now. I, I I feel like I feel like we need to move on. Maybe even bring Sean in. Uh, Sean Longstaff, maybe maybe have him in. Um, I'm, I, I was I was smiling to myself when Martin was giving his updates because uh, Martin's basically on exactly the same page as me. I'd, I'd definitely be dropping Lascelles. I'd like to see Fernandez and Clark. That would be my ideal centre back pairing. Uh, for what um, Daz was saying, I do I do agree with you, Daz, in the sense that if we kind of go toe to toe with Wolves, we're gonna we're probably gonna be in trouble. But I really don't want to see us go five at the back. I, I hope six with four. And but what one thing I will say, Daz, which what you mentioned earlier, and I completely agree with, we do need it it's that attacking threat, but to actually utilize it. And we need to make wolves worry about what we've got and what we're gonna do. And sometimes I just don't think Bruce sees that. I think Bruce looks at what they've got and worries more about that. So we need to we need to make sure that we, you know, we carry a threat going forward, but we're solid enough at the back. I'd like to see Fraser. Almiron and Maxi, maybe behind Wilson. That would be my preference. Uh, the two holding players, I'd say, in an ideal situation, you're looking at Hayden and Hendrick, or perhaps Hayden and Sean Longstaff. I hope Mankio comes back in at right back. I'm not. I haven't totally given up on Kraft yet. He's not been great the last few games though, so I understand people's frustration with him. Uh, and hopefully Jamal Lewis is still fit. Fingers crossed on Darlow. He's been fantastic. Uh, he's been a, he's been a real positive since Dubravka's been out. So hopefully hopefully Darlow's okay. Uh, however, I think Gillespie's going to be okay uh, if if he has to come in. I think it won't be too much of an issue. But yeah, we need to be on the front foot against Wolves. It's going to be a difficult game. Like you were mentioning, Steve. Unfortunately, Wolves are light years ahead of us now, which is really sad. And I, I think they're kind of the blueprint that we want to be looking at as a club. They've, you know, they've invested well. They've got ambitious owners, and they're trying to push that top six. And that's all we want. We just want to be able to challenge and at least give it a go. And at the moment, as we all know, that's not going to happen anytime soon. We're we're lower, but uh, sorry, yeah, we're 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 higher 
in the the bottom 10, so to speak. So we're, we're around the 10th, 14th positions. So fingers crossed, uh, you know, we can push on. But I'm not expecting anything tomorrow. Draw would be good. Uh, but we've got some really tough games coming up, haven't we? So really, we could we could do with something tomorrow. Yeah, we could do. Chris, um, give us your uh, views on tomorrow's game and, uh, you know, from, from your perspective, what you would like to see uh, change from last week's horror show against Manchester United. Yeah, uh, Joe Linton's got to be on the bench to start off. Um, that won't happen. <laughs> okay, well, uh, <laughs> midfield, um, yeah, it's it's complicated because, you know, like people have said, uh, if you bring all of the attacking players in, then you need somebody to pass, pass to them. So, uh, you know, the question is, w- what do you do with a problem like John Joe Shelby? But I do want to see... Um, Almiron and and Fraser in there um, because uh, I saw I remember some comment about Steve Bruce was asked why he wasn't using them. He's like, well, you know, I've 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 got like another plan for them or I've got them in reserve. It's like it's time to it's time to go to your plan B if you have any kind of you know other alternate plan because your plan A is not working. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about Kraft, uh, but we, we just kind of need an overhaul and it's kind of an attitude adjustment, at least throughout the whole squad. But um, I do want to see Fraser and Amaran uh, getting, a, getting a run out there because I really do not want to see uh, uh, us like treat uh, Wolves as like a top six and like park the bus and play defensively. We got to take the ticket out of them uh just give it a go like let's see what you can do playing defensively i mean playing uh, like you know not playing defensively and just playing offensively and uh if, if anyone hasn't seen but has access to the uh chris Woff's uh article on, on the athletic where he analyzed all 86 shots that uh or he revisited all 86 shots that newcastle has faced this year it's quite an eye-opening read and a horror show so hopefully that doesn't continue for whoever we have in goal. Yeah, the article you're uh, talking about, obviously, is on The Athletic. It makes fascinating reading. And, I mean, I've been saying all week, I think it's around about 17.1 shots we're being con- conceded in each game. Uh, they're saying that Opta says it's 16.6. Whatever it is, it's nearly 17 shots a game. We're allowing the opposition to, to, to take at our goal. And, you know, no the wonder Darlow is um, top stopper with 28 saves. It's, uh, it's rather embarrassing, Pete, but um, how are we going to change it at Wolves tomorrow, mate? Well, a lot of the guys have already said it. Um, Fraser and Amir have to come in. They have to come in. If Jonathan starts, and I know you guys have talked about it on the Three Amigos and, and various other shows, if Jonathan starts, there has to be something in his contract. There has to be. Because he does not warrant a start in this, in this team. Now, I've said before, I partly feel sorry for him. I partly don't. He's just not putting performances in. Um, and as Newcastle fans... We should be frustrated that a forty million pound sign, our record signing, is not doing the business in any position. Let's not let's not get it sort of confused and twisted. You know, he's had a couple of half decent games where we talked about him a little bit more positively. But look, we've got remember he's a forty million pound signing. He's not doing the business, and it's just the reality. And the longer we play him, the longer we it's detrimental to the team. 
Now, I'm looking at that game against Man United. I'm thinking, Brian Fraser and Almiron must be looking at each other on the bench thinking, how are we not playing heaven? How are we not starting this game? How are we not influencing this game or giving an, an opportunity to? Um, and, and, you know, that then starts that then starts fizzling into the squad. The squad starts get to being frustrated. And we've talked about Almiron. And, and there's been lots of whispers about Almiron not being happy at the moment. Now, who's to say that's not the reason? That he's looking at Joe Linton and thinking, OK, why am I not starting ahead of him? And that, that's how very, very quickly a squad can get sort of disillusioned and frustrated and then you don't see the camaraderie and togetherness on the pitch. Um, and, and, you know, so those guys have to be starting now going forward. Um, I've seen enough of Hendricks to say he's a squad player at best. For me, he's not a starter. Um, uh, I, I agree with what Chris and one or two others have said about Shelby. If we had a better option, I wouldn't be playing John Joe Shelby. I just wouldn't. He just doesn't give us enough midfield. He's not. We're not a good enough team that he can play two or three games in seven or eight half decent. We're just not a good enough team to have a player like that. A luxury player. Um, we need the in this type of formation, in this type of um, setup. We need industrial, hard-working, grafting players that are going to win the ball deep and give it to those guys up front that are going to do the business. And Shelby's just not that guy. Um, and that's why Isaac Hayden's so important for us. Um, I'll be surprised if he's fit. I know he's trained a couple of days. Um, if he's got hamstring injury, normally they're two weeks. Um, like that standard practice. So if he's back within a week, I'd be absolutely shocked. And if he does play, he's putting himself at massive risk of getting an even bigger injury, which would be even worse for us if he if he was to get one. Um, so, you know, for me, like I said, uh, I'm on Fraser, um, need to be starting. Uh, again, it's a similar situation with Lascelles. Um, if Clark had had a few more games under his belt, I'd be saying start him. I think he needs to be, he needs to know that he's not a guaranteed starter in this team. And he needs to know that he cannot put performances in like he did against Manchester United at the weekend. I think that he can still, just because he's captain, um, walk into the team next week. It wasn't good enough. He wasn't good enough. Um, you know, the, the, I think it was Rashford's goal um, where Rashford, he was marking Rashford and he pointed to Kraft, who's 10 yards away from, from him um, and further away from him to go track him. And then he's just ran past Lissels, ran past Kraft. And by the time Rafford put the, puts the ball into the net, Lascelles is still 15 yards behind. He's not made any effort to back or get, get back in, in a defensive position. It's just stuff like that. that and you're seeing your captain putting performances like that. It doesn't bode well for the rest of the players. And it, it, makes, it makes them think, well, if he's not putting in the effort, why should I? And then that just that disease just and that toxicness just starts getting around the the squad very very quickly. Um, I hope Darlow's fit. Um, uh, I, I I do because um, he's in a great vein of form. He's playing well. He's making good saves. And look, you've just talked about a second ago about how many shots that we we can see playing. We're gonna, we're going to need him. <laughs> it is a reality. We're going to need him playing. Um, look, Wolves are excited. Um, let's, let's let's be honest. Um, they are where we want to be. They are, as, as I think Chris said earlier, the, they are the blueprint. If we, and, and that's what it does, it, it tells me a lot that if just by a little bit of an investment, I'm not talking about the Saudi taker. I'm just talking about if we had one, 
it wouldn't take a lot to get into the position that Wolves are in with the club that we're with how big the club that we are, um, with the fan base that we've got, with the pool that we still have in Europe. Considering we've had 12 years of Mike Ashley, the pool that we still have as a club with a new owner, we could attract better players and we would go up the league very quickly, in my opinion, uh, with a new owner. So they're, they're the example, really, of where we could become. Uh, and with Sarri take over, we could go and obliterate that and go way beyond that in years to come. So that's what we're looking at. Um, and they're a, they're, they're a good team. Um, we've got a good record against them. I would I, I would say honestly that, you know, um, I think Wolves will win. And I think Wolves will win comfortably. But I've said that to myself every time we've played them in the last four or five meetings. Uh, and that's not been the case. Apart from a last minute involved uh, at St. James's Park, um, I think they got some that game were incredibly unlucky. Um, that's the only win that they've had. So it's all it's up in the air really. We don't really know what Newcastle we're gonna get on one week to the next. For all we know, we could have our mirror on or face on the team and we could actually put in a really good performance. But let's be honest, if we did, it wouldn't be down to Steve Bruce. It would be down to the players and what they decided on the day. Um, and that's the reality that we're facing. Um, we haven't got a Bielsa that put a performance in like he did on Friday night. For, uh, or his players put in the Friday night. We we haven't got that type of manager. We've got a manager that doesn't really even manage the team, um, and that's you know that's the sad reality of of our club, of our squad, of our group of players at the moment. Good points, Pete. All good points. Plenty of good points coming in on the chat as well. Northeast Pro, I didn't hear Steve Bruce's interview before three o'clock on Sky Sports News. Apparently said I won't be here much longer. I don't think. Uh, interesting. Um, not not heard that at all. But if that's the case, then uh, maybe he knows something that we don't know. Uh, Fungo Freddy, yes, we will give a big shout out to little Lenny for Craghead Football Club for hitting a volley against Red Rough Whites today from the halfway line. He's only eight, he says, and what a smasher. Never seen an eight-year-old beam as much. Well done, kidder. So well done to uh, little Lenny from Craghead Football Club. Good luck to you. Um, we'll uh, hopefully get him signed up once the takeover goes through and he can uh, get get ready for uh, the first team in 10 years' time. Um, Mike Gent as well also made the point about our neighbours down the road only a matter of weeks from growing under. Yeah, reiterating a little bit what... Uh, what Mitch said last night on the three amigos, um, Sunderland are struggling. They were struggling financially, and I think I've made I've made the I've made the point a few times on here that um, you know the four hundred and fifty thousand pound a game that they're missing out of by not having fans in won't be helping. So it, it doesn't surprise me in the slightest. I uh, just want to touch a little bit on what Pete said about Hendrick. I'm I'm the opposite to to Pete. I I, I feel Hendrick's been played out of position. Um, I think he's been bruised. I think he would have done really well in the centre midfield. And I think an injury to Hayden or Shelby would have been the only way that he's going to get a chance to play in the position he wants to play him. But we'll never know. I think he'd make a good squad player, but I still think he'd make a decent first team player if we had a manager that knew what the hell he was doing. Um, Al Waleed, um, your, your views on uh, tomorrow's game, please. Uh, yesterday, I saw a goal from Leeds. I think the first goal. Uh, I thought to myself, I said to myself, uh, can uh, can we see this soon with Steve Bruce, this kind of goal? The dynamic of the, of the, te of the team moving in the field was amazing. I think that, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's uh, what's called, that's coaching, I believe. Uh, we, I think we all, we all talking about 
maybe the same we have the and mostly the same uh, uh, point of view regarding how they should use Fraser and Almiron they are the only player who are international in the team and they are in the bench and this is big uh, big question mark I believe uh, Mr. Steve Bruce uh, like to play يعني, for him it's more than enough what is more than enough only three player on the forward line uh, he he seemed like like to put the player to play on on default ASM will uh, will make a dribbling individual style Wilson will get any chance any chance happen any mistake and uh, either he put them the third place to complete the triangle either will put Wellington or Fraser or Laimeron this is depend on the situation what you will gonna see guys tomorrow I see uh, Wolverhampton play mostly three five two so they have good size good sides by size and Semedo and uh, they will suffer from the sides of player they will keep Manquillo or Krafta or anyone who play and Jamal Luis they will keep them uh, cornered in defense so the Hendrik he can't play on the side like uh, Almiron or Fraser uh, Steve Bruce try to make like he, he use Hendrik as half a player half on the right side which he can do that and half center uh, uh, central midfielder and uh, any double double uh, double role he playing with assistant uh, and uh, with uh, Shelby and Hayden so uh, I think I don't know when he will st he will continue play with this uh, formation I think he he's saying to himself I know better uh, I think he will just change this uh, tactics maybe uh, if he feel that he's really in danger because lately the result it's in the middle sometimes he lose sometimes draw sometimes win so still he feel him himself he's still in the safe side so no pressure to to change the the formation he believe in okay Al-Walid thanks for that mate always good to uh, to get your opinion uh, full time as you'll see on the screen there Sunderland 1 Portsmouth 3 Sunderland played the last uh, 15 minutes with uh, with 10 men after uh, Lugo 9 got sent off and uh, Middlesbrough still 1s each Crystal Palace 2-1 up now Fulham had a man sent off uh, Kamara got a red card uh, and then they went up the other end and scored so yes uh, 2-1 at Crystal Palace with a couple of minutes to go. And I've just watched their Norwich score an absolute belter. Last-minute goal. Great. One of those goals that you love to win a game. Cardiff 1, Middlesbrough 1 is a final score as well. Um, last thing before we finish. It means we'll probably just drag over an hour, lads. So if anybody needs to go, please do. But um, just want to talk about the... Uh, the European Super League um, does. We, 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 we were premonition what a premonition about this that after the the big project the big six project was uh rebuffed that um would probably see the the super the, the super european league get a mention and it did um quite quickly on the back of that what what was your what was your take on that yeah um i think i tweeted about it um i was uh, if they want to go with the super league and, and follow the money and uh, all about the money and the greed 
off with them, off with, with Liverpool and, and Man United. Um, we'll be happy enough to stay where we are. And, and uh, my also comment was, give us our, our, our takeover as well in, uh, as part of that. Um, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, they didn't get the, the pro- project big picture or project big bitch, as I call it. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, uh, so like th- th- this is the next thing that, that that's happened now. Okay, it's there's an awful lot more clubs, or, or rather, uh, along with Liverpool and United, all the bigger European clubs. But uh, no, not for me. It, it, it'll ruin it for everyone. But if they want to go, cheerio. Um, we'll be happy to stay. Um, and uh, well, I, I can't see it happening anytime soon. Uh, it. it, it it, it may happen in the future, but it's, it's not going to happen straight away. No. Spenny, what was your views on the, uh, the the talk of a European Super League? If they want to go, bugger up. Simple as that. How many is going to go? Is it going to be three? Like they was talking about it last night on the main course. How are they going to decide who's going to go? It was going to, going to be three teams. You know what I mean? And it's been exciting where... Uh, week with the takeover as well with Mr. Rubin coming out and saying that now he's on his Twitter again today talking about Marcus Rashford and the QBR chairman's come back and said it's not very far from Manchester to Newcastle so is this is anything Possibly the Jamie Rubin, as well the Jamie Rubin thing was in, the Rubin thing was interesting I mean, we did say last night as well it's not it's not connected with the takeover um, I wouldn't get too excited about that but at the same time, um, you know, clock's ticking and December is not too far away. And I anticipate a decision between, you know, December and January. I think we'll know either way by then. But yeah, it's it's confidence is, is one thing and being too over too optimistic. But look, there's obviously something in it, Spenny. You are right, I think. It's like it's all connected together. This European League, are they saying they're going to go to the European League because we've given, been given the takeover? Yeah, which they're just trying no, to stop. No, we don't. Well, we'll you don't I'm know, sure do we'll we? find out over the next uh, no, over no. the next couple of months. Martin, your take on the European Super League? Um, I, I I think for me, there's the it's it's really simple. What's been forgotten about all of this is the fans, the money, the greed. Those clubs that want to come, go, stay, European leagues. How do they expect somebody on, uh, you know, that that manages to scrape enough money together to get a season ticket, or have the direct debit money taken, or pay for away games? How are they going to now start travelling all over European nights to Milan, to you know, Italy, to Turkey, to wherever it happens to be? It's going to take the way the, the game away from the normal average Joe Soap fan who uses sport, football, rugby, whichever whichever sport it is. But for football, it's going to take it away from um, the guy that uses it as his as his relief, as his get out of me normal day to day. That you know I can go and watch the match, go to me away day, get on the coach with the lads. You know that that's me little treat, me affordability. How do you do that when you're doing three, four, five, six, seven away nights in a massive European league? So for me, they can talk all they want. You know, Daz's point, Spenny. Do you want you want to go, lads? Move on. That's fine. But for me, the one thing that's been forgotten uh, in all of it, the talk of the Euro League, the the project, big picture, zebra, whatever, 
it, it, to me, it doesn't make a difference because all we're doing is we're forgetting where football started and it's with the fans. Good point, mate. Well Dead made. Simple. Chris, uh, your view on the European Super League? I, I've spoken, uh, I've, well, as you can probably imagine, Steve, I've got a lot of uh, Liverpool fans as friends and uh, I've, I've, you know, I've spoken to them in depth about it and how they would feel. And to be honest, I think I think one thing that they've not thought about is, you know, the, these so-called clubs, let's say, for example, you know, the top six go and let's assume, you know, that's Tottenham, Chelsea, Liverpool, City, etc. Uh, how are they going to feel if, say, say you're a Tottenham fan and you go into this Super League of, say, 18, 20 clubs, whatever it's meant to be. Every single week, you, you've got a big game. Now, at the start, oh, yeah, you know, it'll be great. Everyone will be tuning in. It'll be fantastic. Give give that two or three months, and you're you're in the, the the bottom sector of this super league, and every week you're getting beat. It's going to be great for the you know the clubs near the top, but there's only there's going to there's going to be a point. There's going to come a point where clubs are going to get fed up of it, and I think if they do end up leaving, which I don't believe they will, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's just um, as Spenny said, it could be you know it could be a tactic you know to stop the Premier League from, you know, any takeover happening, for example, or, it, you know, it, it, I think there'll just be regrets. I think people, I think, you know, people at the top will regret it. And, you know, as has already been alluded to, the fans, you're going to lose all your fans. You, all right, you may, you may get new fans, but they're not going to be, you know, the heart and soul of the club. They're not going to be fans who, it's going to, you know, you get a lot of people turning up now, don't you? You know, executive seats, you know, where half-time comes and they miss the first 10 minutes of the second half because they're having the meal or, you know. I, 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 I can't see it happening. And I think if it does, uh, I think you'll find a lot of clubs will regret it and even try and get back into the league. But will, will you know, will that be able to happen? No doubt they'll be under obligation to stay in the league for so long. And I think you'll find, you know, fans of those particular clubs could end up losing interest and could end up following another club or just forgetting football altogether and going to a different sport. I just don't see I just don't see how it'll work. You know, obviously at the at the moment, you know, maybe Man United, Liverpool, etc., when they're coming up against the likes of West Brom, Palace ourselves, you know, they might think, oh, you know, should win today. But as we all know, the, the Premier League's so great because it's unexpected, because you know, it's it's attacking football. Everybody loves it, and I think if you'd had a super league of all these giants, all right, first few weeks it'd be great. I think people will get bored. I, I don't see it happening, and I think it'd be a big mistake if they were to leave the league. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, Pete, your views, mate. Um, personally, I, I just think it's the it's the big clubs, particularly Man U and Liverpool, um, throwing the toys out of the pram because the big picture got. Um, basically thrown out the window quite quickly due to all the negative press that it got and all the reactions. Um, and so the European Super League discussions was a quick reaction to that. Um, just to say, oh, well, if you're not going to agree to our, our demands, then we'll go here. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, I'm with the rest of them, with the rest of the guys on the panel. If they want to go, go. It, it, it's, English football will continue without them. Um, and they'll be the ones that will need us before we need them um and that's just my take on it um i i i'm of the mindset that it is uh, that there are other things that are in play particularly about the takeovers they don't want another uh, a powerful club 
coming up and potentially taking one of their places. They're looking at the likes of Leicester, who don't need the money. Um, they're a very, very, very well-run football club um, and uh, are progressing nicely, buying very good, young, um, potential uh, talent uh, across Europe. Um, and then they've got Wolves that are also buying very, very well. Um, spend a little bit more money than Leicester, but are buying well and are effectively taking the places of, at the moment, the likes of Tottenham's uh, and, and Spurs uh, and, and actually fighting tooth and nail with the likes of Man United, as Wolves did up until the last couple of games of the Premier League. They don't want another powerful club, someone like Newcastle with a potential takeover, to come in and effectively notch them down a list by one. So they wanted to control the narrative in terms of who comes in, who comes out, or they don't want to be part of it at all because they don't want their their um, their club or their product to be um, diluted in any way, shape or form. And the reality is, if we came in with a sad takeover, it would be diluted because, again, we'd have the financial power in the backing to, um, to, to, to compete with them. Um, and that's exactly what they don't want. Um, so I think there's an element of a number of those things in there, within that. Um, I don't. I, I do think it, it's the likes of Man City, Man United, uh, Liverpool. I, I don't particularly think it's the likes of Tottenham and Arsenal. Um, I think they know where their beds br- um, bread's buttered, should I say? Um, and I think they're 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 quite happy staying in the Premier League. Um, but I certainly think those big those big clubs again a little bit too big for their boots now. They're starting to think that they're the be all and end all of English football and the Premier League. And the reality is is that they're not. Okay, because without the rest of us, other 18 football clubs in the Premier League, there wouldn't be a Premier League. Okay, Uh, and I think they need to remember that. Um, And I think, you know, as others have said, if they did go to a European Super League, I don't think the Premier League would support them in terms of if they were to still be in the Premier League, continue their fixtures. I think they would have to um, get on with it uh, and deal with a number of games in a number of days and, and they wouldn't be... Um, supportive in in, in um, managing their fixture schedules and all the rest of it, I think they would find it very, very difficult if they made that decision to go on to that. Um, but ultimately, I think it, if, it do, if it is going to happen, like a few have said, it's going to be a number of years away. I don't think it's any time soon. Um, they're not going to want to start a major Super League, European Super League, in the middle of a global pandemic. pandemic. And I think they're going to want to see that out first before anything like that is in discussion. Um, so again, that's just my take on it. Okay, Chris, your views, mate, please. Chris, you're muted, mate. We can't hear you. He's done the spelling. He has. It's because we've all <laughs> yeah. muted. You see. Sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. Yeah. Go for, go okay, for it now. okay, so as 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 everyone has uh, so people have pointed out or connected the dots, it's no coincidence that uh, this is coming out during a global pandemic. Uh, you know, the 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 big top clubs are seeing a loss of revenue, um, and uh, you know, with the rejection of Project Big Picture, like Pete said, um, this is kind of their Okay, well, if 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 we can't have that toy, then we'll grab this toy. Um, and the the other thing that a lot of people have been saying is like, you know, don't let them back in if they want to go. Um, as Pete, you know, clarified, 
this this is not a, a talk about I don't support it first of all but this is not a talk about clubs leaving the Premier League for another league this is essentially a permanent Champions League uh, tournament uh, where where there'd be you know the same clubs every year um, you know there was talk about ridiculous thing about the founding members of the of the European Super League not be relegated for 20 years or something like that so it's basically saying uh, and this is also the timeline is like 2024 when the Champions League is up for uh, renegotiation or or sort of uh, reconfiguring so this is sort of a preemptive move to say rather than just having a Champions League where it's open to the you know top clubs in, in Europe and that can change every year depending on surprise clubs this is saying we, we want to lock in uh, guaranteed money tournament money for you know these select clubs and no one else will have a chance to uh, break into this league it's just us grabbing it's just a big money grab I mean that's that's the bottom line um, and uh, yeah I mean I, I wouldn't be surprised if it had some sort of connection as well to this opposition you know we've talked before about certain clubs having a veto over Newcastle takeover I'm, I'm sure this is sort of sort of a, a part of the whole background uh, backroom stuff um, in terms of where the money, where the power is, and not sort of a preemptive strike against having the new money Saudis come in uh, with a you know rejuvenated, well-backed Newcastle club. So, yeah, I mean, it doesn't have the direct uh, relevance to us uh, right now, but I, I think it definitely has something to do with the takeover bid. So let's look for that. Okay, mate. That's good stuff. Uh, Awalid, your view on a, on a European Super League and, and whether you think the big teams should just be allowed to go and how it would benefit Newcastle? Um, I think this crazy days, uh, it's good. Yeah, and it's, it's Maybe it's the best time for them to give uh, ideas, hidden ideas, or they just want to compensate or uh, make up for the money they lost. Uh, actually, I'm aware about the big picture idea, but is it Super League? Is it uh, actually, to be honest, I'm not really uh, yani, have more information on that. Is it uh, including the big picture or something else? Well, this else is, this new, is basically followed on from the big picture. So this was a, a, a talk of a, a European Super League, which has been, you know, it's been mentioned many, many times in England, Alwali, but uh, this is something separate something different um it's fifa backed and essentially from their perspective they've been working on it for, for quite a few years but it's something which now they've actually put out there into the public domain as as something which they could genuinely look at and clubs have now been approached about it and you know they're thinking about it What well, this is, this, is the, this is What's the, the, the million-dollar question, you know. Would a Champions League be, but be, would it be beneficial? What is the point if, if these big teams are playing each other every week? Um, supporters, haven't, supporters haven't been considered. It's ridiculous. You know, imagine living in Liverpool, um, you know, and, you know, being suddenly not given an option, uh, you know, for, you know, going to see, you know, the games in the Premier League. Suddenly you've got to get on a plane to go and watch your team play. It, it, it's ludicrous. 
it's a it's obvious it's a poor idea they just the big one to be bigger and when the others yeah. small become small greedy that is the word greedy. that is definitely the word um Okay, lads, uh, I've taken up enough of your time. I know you'll want to go and get your Domino's pizzas uh, ordered and uh, go and crack the cans open and watch uh, the, the big match. So uh, thanks for your time. Looking forward to having you all on tomorrow um, for the uh, Match Day Live, which, of course, will start at 4 o'clock. As soon as we uh, know the teams, uh, we'll be we'll be going live. And uh, we've, got a, uh, we've caused a little bit of a debate with this because there's a couple of the lads had a day off <laughs> and they're not on there. So... Uh, Big shout out to the lads who made it onto this week's poster. I'll have to try and do one tomorrow at some point. Well, I'll have to pick a game where at least we're celebrating a goal going in. But that that, that captures the atmosphere. That's what happens when we all talk about Newcastle United. So uh, apologies to uh, Spenny and uh, where is he? Oh, there he is. He dropped off. Apologies. To... Hey, that's how you go. That's how you don't get on flyers. You keep doing it. You're doing the moonlight flit. Um, big I'm shout out to the internet and phone shop like your headphones. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be back at four o'clock tomorrow it's been an absolute pleasure lads great to have you back on look forward to seeing you then take care lads good luck guys good luck everyone bye bye, bye, -bye. Yes.